it's it's understandable, but then it gets out of hand, doesn't it? It get it really gets out of hand. Um, you know, I I just remember in um, I, I think it was probably the Wrecking Ball tour before that was announced. There was all sorts of ridiculous rumours. Somebody had been in a bar and they'd seen a scrap of paper that belonged to the best friend's cousin of uh, an alleged promoter. And I mean, you know, the stories got wilder and wilder about when this tour was going to be announced. Hello everyone, here is a new episode with just one of my favorite writers, uh, Ruth Badley. Uh, she joined me and unfortunately um, there was a neighbor doing some yard work. And so when you hear Ruth talk, at times you're going to hear it sounds like someone either with a leaf blower or a lawnmower um, and there was no way for me to edit this out. So just I apologize um, when you think about it. I'm in Texas. She is the UK. It's amazing. We're talking anyway. But here is my uh, wonderful discussion with Ruth. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Set Listening Bruce, your podcast all about Bruce Springsteen, his music, and mostly his fans. I am your host, Jesse Jackson. And joining me is a return guest... Uh, the wonderful writer, the charming guest, Ruth Bradley. How are you doing, Ruth? Yeah, I'm good. Thanks, Jesse. It's lovely to be back. Thanks for having me. Well, I appreciate it. So talk to me. How are you surviving? How's everything going in all this strangeness that we're going through? Well, it is weird, isn't it? Um, it is. I mean, really, before the, before the pandemic, um, I was on holiday, actually. Um, of course, the pandemic... The pandemic was happening while I was on holiday, but I was very far from where it was, it was, you know, seriously affecting people. I was in Australia and I was actually busy promoting my first book, Where Are the Grown Ups? So I was doing lots of um, in-person talks, book festivals and book clubs, and I'd had radio interviews, several with the BBC and press articles. And then... Um, in February, we went to Australia. I had a holiday and a book event combined in Adelaide. And then uh, we were stopping off at Singapore and Indonesia. And then, bang, the, the pandemic hit. I, I remember doing some online shopping in Indonesia because we, we kept hearing that people were shopping in supermarkets like there was no tomorrow in the UK and, and shelves were empty. So I did, quickly did an online shop from Indonesia to have it delivered when we got back and we got back and we went from total freedom to lockdown in a week mm. <laughs> and it was a really hard adjustment I bet. mentally very hard adjustment but um you know i i can't complain at all i feel fortunate we're we live in the country we have a garden we've had the most unusual but brilliantly helpful good weather in the UK we had a great spring and a very hot summer 
So we could be outdoors. We could have daily walks without really seeing people. So that was that was quite helpful in the sense that we weren't supposed to be mingling with anyone. Um, and of course, with Movement Limited, I had an opportunity to work on the audio version of Where Are the Grown Ups. So I've been busy doing the audio narration and recording that. And uh, hopefully it should be out by Christmas. It's being edited at the moment. Um, and that's that's really uh, where I am. But it, it's all been a bit of a crazy time, hasn't it? How about you? Yeah, it's same thing. Um, you know, we, you know, Ruth, it's very strange. Um, I had started a new job on February 10th. And, um, you know, and like by March 15th, we are all working remotely. So I had barely gotten a feel for the job. And all of a sudden, I'm working from home. We did that for two months. Uh, then about middle of May, we went back in the office. And since then, you know, life feels a little more normal for me because I get up every day. Um, I drive to work. Um, you know, I work. And then we, you know, I drive home. Uh, most things in the grocery store are not, we aren't running into shortages anymore. So it's a little normal, but, um, except that my company is, uh, does roadside assistance for RVs, the big recreational vehicles, campers and such. And it's just been a crazy summer for us because, um, People have bought a lot of RVs and people are renting a lot of RVs because if you want to go on holiday, uh, it's a perfect way to do it because you've got a self-contained kitchen, uh, facilities, and you can socially distance while not having to go into a hotel, not having to fly. So it's been crazy busy for us, which is good. It's just um, we had not – I had not expected to start a new job and immediately – kind of run into this crisis so wow um but have had a yeah i'm glad you're because a lot of people are not busy and uh, fearful i I guess i i'm i feel very very blessed um so um you know we're kind of catching up but um just in case someone didn't hear the episode, you want to just give us a little bit about yourself and your. Look, you've already mentioned the book, but talk a little bit about your Bruce background. Sure. Um, well, I'm an author and I'm a freelance writer based in the UK and I'm just outside London. And I spend most of my time on my own writing, but I also have a few clients that I do projects for. I'm a massive Springsteen fan, of course, that's why I'm here. And as you know, Jesse, I'm very active on social media, mostly about my writing, about my favourite music, and sometimes about world issues. Uh, Last summer, I published my first book called Where Are the Grown-Ups? And it's a true story which uncovers a hidden tragedy affecting three generations of my family. Anyone interested in reading the reviews and finding out more can simply type in Where Are the Grown-Ups to Amazon.com and it should come up. It's available in paperback and Kindle format. And as, as I said before, we are working on the audio version. Um, so that's a quick bit of background about me. Um, I remember last time we spoke, we had lots of conversations about shows we've been to. And of course, 
all those memories are so important right now, aren't they? I mean, we're grabbing onto everything we can remember about being at a Bruce Springsteen gig. We, we because, really um, are. And I agree, Ruth. It's just, uh, you know, we miss that connection. Uh, one of the things coming up, we, we talked a little bit before I hit record, um, when this comes out, this would have already been released, but uh, we're recording this in, on September 6th, and I had talked to Maureen Van Zandt, uh, yesterday and that'll be out shortly but she mentioned that they went to a show a socially distant show uh, recently and where every seat was divided by a partition and that while the band was live you know everyone was distanced and she said it just was not the same thing that you, you didn't have that connection and while she was happy to hear the live music it did not feel like a show no but it feels quite sad actually doesn't it to it hear does. that it, um, it, I, I, I can't imagine going to a gig like that and getting much out of it really you might as well be in your home and just watching it remotely really do you I, think I, yeah I agree and so I, I certainly, I guess um, it would be interesting, um, you know, I'm thinking of, and I don't know if uh, the UK ever had drive-ins like here in uh, the US. They, we don't, very few do have any more, but you see, you know, you drove in your car, you parked, there was a big screen, and there was a speaker you put on your window uh, to see the movie in your car, and, and I I picture concerts that way, and it's just, I guess if you're, you're interacting with your family, it's fun, but part of the excitement is just, right, having all the, not necessarily just the energy of the crowd and being together and, and hugging the person next to you when they play a song you weren't expecting to get. Yeah, and also from the performer's point of view, I think it would be very... Um, unnerving somehow, not to get that immediacy from the crowd, you know, especially at Bruce's gigs. I mean, he feeds off that, doesn't he? He does. Um, it, it is. You know, and in the front pit, they're kind of interacting. Often they're, they're interacting on his guitar because mm -hmm. he's bending down. You can play his guitar at certain points, can't you, during Born to Run? Absolutely. <laughs> And well, like I have a question for you, Ruth. Now, you're you're a writer. You're promoting your book. I know um, there has to be a big difference between um, pre-print pandemic when you would go to a bookstore or a, you know a lecture hall and you would do a reading and do a Q and A and then do a signing compared to now. I know you have an upcoming one that we're going to talk about, but it's mm -hmm. got to be a world of difference, doesn't it? Well, it is, you know, but I'm so grateful that um, while a lot of book events that were in my diary got cancelled in the lockdown, so many have been replaced uh, and, and even more have come on board online. Um, Zoom is like so very popular here. I don't know if it is in America, too. Absolutely. Um, absolutely. Some great opportunities that um, more opportunities, actually to talk to family history and writers groups. Um, it, it seems like many, many organizations and groups are looking for 
ways they can keep um, their members engaged and interested online. So I've found lots and lots of um, opportunities that I didn't even think about before. So in a way, it's it's been it's been better. Um, I'm, now I'm now getting phone calls um, quite frequently, and I had some in-person events uh, in the diary for later in the year, and people are ringing me now and saying, "You know, you were coming to talk to us in November. Well, would you mind doing it in November 2021?" <laughs> yes. So yes, it's like this year has been lost, but people are planning early for 2021. <laughs> um, so um, you know. I- complain I mean I, I I have been able to speak to lots of groups that I didn't I didn't even know about before so it it's been wonderful and and lots internationally actually um, that's good. quite a few in America a few in in Germany um, American expat groups all over the place actually um, so it, it's it's been interesting a different experience but I'm, I'm getting into the swing of it now and I'm doing doing readings online and with Zoom, you know, you, if you've got it on a certain configuration, you can actually see your audience and they could, there's a chat box where they can send you questions and it, it's um, it's pretty good, actually. <laughs> it's pretty good. And of course, it's totally safe because you're, you're not interacting with people. So as far as that goes, as far as book events go, um, it's been very, very helpful, really. But live music's a different thing. Um, I think, I think there's something fundamental there that the energy of the crowd for the people who are in the audience and the performers is absolutely integral. And I don't think you take away elements of that, and you're not really, you're not really at a gig at all in the true sense of the word. But we shall see how these things pan out. Um, I mean, you, you, Jesse, would have been laughing along as long as I was this week with all the very creative uh, suggestions for Bruce's potentially about to be released new album. Yes, I, I enjoyed. Yes, I thought it was very funny. I was going to ask you about that, and that's it's a great segue, right? That so um, fans have a desire to be first right like the you know, websites and um blogs like oh, okay i've got to be first versus necessary being right and this um it you know like they're gonna tell us right it's when it's announced it's gonna be announced and uh but um you know and and i i remember uh, ruth when uh, a few weeks ago, he he did a his from my home to yours at midnight Eastern time, right? It was oh, um, that, that and, was my favorite. That was my favorite. Oh, and everyone was convinced. Well, that's because he's going to announce a new album. He's going to announce a new download. You know, that's why because they always release it then, and you know what this means. And it was truly just because he was a night owl and he wanted to do a night episode right and all that speculation is um it's just a bit silly (laughs) it's it's understandable but then it gets out of hand doesn't it it gets it really gets out of hand um you know i i just remember in um i I think it was probably the wrecking ball tour 
before that was announced, there was all sorts of ridiculous rumours. Somebody had been in a bar and they'd seen a scrap of paper that belonged to the best friend's cousin of uh, an alleged promoter. I mean, you know, the stories got wilder and wilder about when this tour was going to be announced. And uh, it's it's now the same with the album. But you know, you know who started it all off? It was Ron and Eno, wasn't it? With his with his storm picture. Yes. Saying it, <laughs> it was. Yes, it was. It was that someone had started the discussion. I um. I I do think um. And and no matter how you slice it, twenty twenty is going to be a very bad year um, when you think of all the the people we have lost both um, you know celebrities non-celebrities just the millions of people who have died and, and have been hurt by this economically um, you all the racial um, you know all the all the turmoil here in the U.S. Um, and mm-hmm. things going on around the world, and um, I, I thought of it would be really nice if Bruce put out a new album this year. It, it would be really nice, um, and it would be even nicer if we get a new president in November here in the U.S. Not to get into politics, but um, now racing for you on that one, yes. really. Um, <laughs> and and I thought of it. The, um, I don't know if this is a true story, but it was in a scene uh, in the HBO miniseries or maxi series from Earth to Moon, which was all about the Apollo missions. And they talked about in 1968 when the Apollo mission was circling the globe, and it was one of the first pictures of the Earth that was from space. And, mm-hmm. um, and the astronaut read some um, scriptures from Genesis. And someone, and there's a line in the TV series where, you know, someone said, you, you saved 1968. Um, <laughs> and because if you remember 1968, it was such a horrible year in so many ways. Um, so I don't know if Springsteen album would save 2020, but it certainly would be a, um, a, a chalk, a, a chalk mark on the good side, right? If we're keeping track, it would be a positive sign and it would be yeah. very lovely. It would be very welcome. Absolutely. <laughs> very well. Absolutely. Um, radio shows have just been an absolute joy though, haven't they? Yeah. I, I wanted to talk to you about that because um, Ron Martz, who is a writer, has been on the show, and he said something that I wanted to get your opinion on as a writer and as as someone who weaves a tale. Um, Ron said, we know he's a great storyteller, so why are we shocked that he can't tell a great story in whatever medium he chooses? Um, and, And I do feel like that him giving us this gift of these radio shows the picking the songs, weaving them together with the stories has really been a, a lovely gift to us. I agree. And I, it, it occurred to me, actually, you know, in year, years um, like Arlen, who comes up with all these, the show of all shows and the, the best live performance ever. I mean, I just think in years to come, there's going to be bootlegs of those radio shows 
you know, that will be somehow distributed. And it, it occurred to me, you know, they they would make a box set, album set, wouldn't they? You know, oh, on their own. It would be because, um, you know, the, all the selection of songs. And, and, you know, I think you wonder if if do, working on Western Stars, where he did all the narration between the songs, got him to mm. thinking about this, or just him remembering being, you know, uh, disc jockeys in the past but he has weaved you know whether it's the summer one where it was a lot about the beauty of him waking up and heading to the beach and you know staying up at night uh, where Johnny and Stephen joined him and you've got three old friends swapping stories or the anger one where he was mm-hmm. talking about racial injustice and it was an angry set um mm-hmm. And, and then I loved him and Patty together, just people that have had a marriage so long and sharing stories about each other was just beautiful. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's just been a, a glorious and unexpected treat because, I mean, we, we wouldn't have dreamed that was that was in the in the pipeline, would we? It was just it's just I think it's been so lovely because it was so unexpected and unannounced till it was happening. And uh, and that that was lovely. Um, but th- there were so many things that I took from it, empathising with the frontline workers, honouring individual people that have died, you know, really honouring them and, and naming them. Um, and plus, you, it, it's the juxtaposition of all the different things that he's included. You get insights into his routine. You know, he he, he mentioned at one point, driving and sitting in his car near the beach reading the paper and you can you can imagine you know seeing this carpool pulling up and a guy with a baseball cap reading a paper that you probably wouldn't notice do you know what I mean and it made me think if I was walking along that area of Asbury Park or wherever he was parked up I'd be looking out for that (laughs) um and also the of the current administration and the, the way he's themed all the music. Um, very intimate little vignettes as well that, you know, if you, you I know you saw the, the Broadway show, but um, certain things he's recalled that you, you sort of thought were almost outtakes from the Springsteen on Broadway show. Um, things he, he didn't, he, made, he might have liked to have included, but they didn't make it, sort of the music him and Patty fell in love to, and you know when they they were driving in the car, he was taking her back to her apartment, and that Marianne Faithful, that the quality of Marianne Faithful's voice in the car, you can imagine that the way he he explained it. Um, it's just great listening, and the the midnight show was just, I think that was as I said, I think that was my favourite, and in all of the shows that he does. I discovered some stuff I haven't heard before and I've been reminded about stuff I haven't listened to in years. Um, I mean, I haven't necessarily liked all the music, but I don't think that's that's important, actually. It's just another, he, just another angle on what interests him and what, what inspires him and makes, makes music interesting to him. Um, one band that I've, I've really got into, and this is purely through... Bruce's choice, which I didn't know a lot about before, the war on drugs. 
I hadn't heard of that band. Right. And since I heard the the track he played on the Midnight Show, I've just gone and investigated um, some of their stuff, which I I've, I think they're great. Um, so I'm really grateful for that. And uh, you know, lots of there's so much actually to explore. You know, when the radio shows are over, I I dive into Spotify and um, have a look at some, you know, in, in a bit more detail at some of the artists that I don't know very well. So it's a real education it's, to me anyway. Oh, I totally agree with you, Ruth. I I remember um, Lynn and I were um, driving somewhere and I put the show on because I wanted to, you know, wanted her to hear. I wanted to listen to it because I had not heard it yet, and um, and you know Linda is not the biggest Bruce fan, but she you know puts up with me, and she said that um, she did not like some of the songs he picked. Um, mm. At first, she was like, "Man, I just I wish he would just keep talking because it's interesting to hear him." But then the more she got into it, the more she really enjoyed the selection of songs. Um, I think this is because I think if this had, before we had gotten these Ruth, if you had asked me, um, do you want Bruce to do a live show from his you know house similar like Melissa Etheridge and Jason Isbell and other people have done, you know this on Facebook Live or other things, or do you want him to? You know, just play songs he likes. I would have said, "Oh, I want a show. I want a show," and it just shows. Sometimes you don't know what you want till you're given it, because yeah. these radio shows, I think, to me, are more more special and more just lovely than any live show. I mean, and, and don't get me wrong, I'll always take Bruce and a guitar playing, but I think this has been better. It's certainly another side. It's certainly another angle, um, which to a fan is just a gift, really. Um, and it, and it's come at the right time. I think it's a come at the right time when we're, we're all desperate to hear from him and hear, um, you know, what he's doing creatively. And these are so creative, these shows, aren't they? they must, they must take a lot of putting together and a lot of thought. So it's, um, and as I said before, it's just, unexpected unannounced wasn't it there was no big fanfare for three months beforehand it was just a, a very brief announcement before it happened and that and you know every fortnight we're we're treated to to something aren't we so it's it's just great that he wants to keep talking to us because that's what it is he's still having a conversation with us even though he can't see us and i i get the impression that it it's very hard for him as a performer and as a human being, to be that remote from people um, in his life. I mean, I, I, I'm sure he's very fortunate in having a lot of space on his farm, and the studio setup sounds like it works very well if you're producing new music and you don't have to, you know, get too close to people. Um, but that's not that's not what we know him for. We know him as a performer that really connects and wants to connect with with his audience in a very special way so it must be pretty torturous for him to have to not even think about doing that 
I mean, I, I've got no doubt, really, in my mind that there were plans to, to do a tour, do you think, before this hit? Oh, I, I think so very much. I think that, um, you know, we were all ex- hoping for one for 2019, and then kind of the year slipped away, and then you just knew 2020 would be a year, that it would yeah. be, like, it, it may have not been till the fall, but, like, you picture releasing an album, you know, yeah. maybe in the summer, maybe doing a tour, um, and, you know, we didn't get it. And now for circumstances, um, it's, I, I think so. I think we would have, um, I, I think, and, and, and if we get an album, you know, as the rumor is, right, that we're supposed to, a signal on the 10th in October would be the new album. And I'm holding it with a grain of salt. But uh, <laughs> if that happens, you know, you don't know in October, is this going to be a, another solo work? Is this an E Street band? Did the E Street band do enough work before they all had to be in lockdown you know well, you just Neil, don't know Neil said that the that album which I took to be the full band album that he'd worked on um, was like ready ready to go because Neil said it's it's among the best things he's ever done that's what he that's what he said on Twitter and I was yes. pretty sure he was talking about the the full band album that we've we've already heard about, heard rumours about, that was like the next thing, wasn't it? So unless they've changed the order of of what they're going to do, um, I hope it's not another solo. Actually, I hope it's the full band album. Yeah, do I do think? too. I, I'm going to take whatever I can get. I love the Western Stars, and so I, I'm going to be, you know, happy with no matter what we get. Um, I did think it's interesting. That, as you talked about the, um, as he he shares more and more of himself with this, as he's doing these radio shows, um, it is kind of a continuation of Broadway, and and someone, I, I I didn't agree with this person, but someone, and and there's always one, right, Ruth? There's always a pain in the butt person. Who means well, but you know, someone after the social injustice one was like, "Why wasn't he saying this when he's on Broadway? Why wasn't it then?" And I was like, "Because that wasn't what Broadway was about. Broadway was about, you know, telling the story of his life. It wasn't this angry, you know, political play." And now then, he has the opportunity sharing. He did make actually he did make a statement on. In one of the shows, when um, Donald Trump had done something horrendous, something about I think it was something to do with looking up kids uh, that were over the board, coming over the border, and then the kids were being separated from from their parents. Do you remember that? Yes, he did, and that was really unusual because he had not broken script in a long yeah. time. But I, I I'm not going to criticize him that he didn't do that every week. Um, you know, or every day, because I think I think that isn't what the play was about, and and I certainly think that Bruce has shown that um, he is going to speak his voice and he is going to share what he thinks is right. And another thing I wanted to mention that you said that I think was really insightful, Ruth, is you know 
when John Stewart retired from the Daily Show, he mentioned that Bruce said that he's had an ongoing ongoing conversation with his audience over the years. Mm-hmm. And and I do think you're right. This was just him continuing that conversation. Yeah, definitely. Well, that's how I'm taking it. Huh? Yeah. I was certainly I was certainly participating in the conversation. Absolutely. <laughs> Hanging on every word, actually. Um, oh, I totally agree. It was great. I mean, I don't know whether, if it continues, whether he would consider doing some kind of online gig. Um, I mean, he's not hes not controlling everything, is he? I mean, there's kind of um, a commercial aspect to this, let's be honest. Um, he's, not, he's not kind of his own agent in that sense. I'm sure the his manager has something to say and the record company will want to you know maximize whatever they can um so i'm sure that has a lot to do with what what can or cannot be done um do you think oh i do and i i'm thinking of your um idea of a you know a from my house to yours box set right with that has the each show Mm. uh, either digitally or on cd or something and uh, I've been thinking of the the logistical nightmare of getting all the rights of all the songs he's playing. Yeah. But I, I guess maybe that's uh, because he's doing it on Sirius. He's already, I mean, you know, because I know they get, um, you know, every artist gets a little bit when it's played that way. Uh, so it's interesting. Mm-hmm. It, it would be a great um, and. And they are available in the U.S. on demand on SiriusXM. I'm, I'm so glad that that they have given it officially a way to reach it in the U.K. and other places. Well, they have and they haven't. Oh, um, okay. Tell me. Well, I'm I'm not I'm not the world's greatest technician, but have you heard that we've got um, edited versions are being put out on Radio Two? Okay. Yes. Which, well, okay, that's all right, but I don't, I didn't really like the idea of the edited versions because you need to have them unedited because they were, everything is there for a reason. So if you're trying to get it fitting into your particular time slot and, and there's no leeway, I mean, they're not all the same length, are they? No. Sometimes he's broadcasting for over an hour, you know, and it goes way over, doesn't it? Um, they're not all the same length. So yeah. the Radio 2 format is trying to fit them into, you know, a their slot. Um, we had some we had some issues in the UK about trying to get onto Sirius to hear them as they were being broadcast. I heard. Uh, but um, we've managed to get around that. Um, some Good very helpful you. people down, download them and, and share the files, whether that's allowed or not. I'm mentioning no names. But exactly. it's been great. Well... <laughs> what made me think of is I I became a um, a Doctor Who fan during the new era, and I came to this kind of late. So by the time I was watching Doctor Who, BBC America was showing the episodes. Sometimes, you know, a week after it was in the UK, sometimes, and lately it's the same day. You know, it's a few hours different, but it's because of the time change. But I remember talking to, like, my friend Charles, who I do the um, 
Doctor Who podcast with, back in the day, you were trying to find out all kinds of ways because you were not sure when the U.S. was going to get those latest episodes with Eccleston mm-hmm. and Tennant. And so, um, so yeah, I think there is a – the reality is if you give – I think if you give most people a legitimate way to – access the material they will access it that way and i think they will um support it but if you can't fans are going to find a way to get it one way or another yeah yeah well we've managed (laughs) good for you good for you um so a couple things you mentioned in the email to me that um you know we just i just had arlen schumer on the phone on the podcast uh a week or so ago, and he mentioned some outtakes that he really loved. And you mentioned you may have some you want to mention, right? Yeah, yeah. I've, there's there's three, but um, three outtakes, uh, and they're they're all in all on, on tracks, and the, the, I just love them. And I know whenever I hear them, I just I just can't sit still. And I, I think, God, what? What happened to these tracks that Bruce said they're not good enough? You know, you, you wonder what goes through his mind. So my my favourite outtakes. Number one, Restless Nights. I love everything about that. The vocal, the story, the beat. I just think it's a tremendous song. Um, and just un, undis, undiscovered, really. He's, I don't think he's ever done it live, has he? Restless Nights? I do not think so, um, but I do agree. And I also thought that was one of the things when he, Johnny, and Stephen were talking, like there were a couple, they said, I can't believe that never got a release. How did this never get on a record, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah, great, great choice. Steve loves Restless Nights. I've I've read that somewhere that he particularly likes. I think that was an outtake from the river. And then the other two, um, leaving train, and um, I put this out on Twitter, and I got someone else. Someone else said that they they loved it as well. Um, I just think it's a human touch outtake. Leaving train, your eyes are like a leaving train. What an image um, encapsulates that feeling when the girl just wants rid of the man, and rolling the eyes, you know, get out of my life. Your eyes are like a leaving train. I loved it. Um, performed with Joe Grishecki in 2014, but aside from that, I don't think that's that's uh, that's one that's been performed. Great choice, yeah, absolutely. That great guitar and another one, another also from uh, the Human Touch outtakes, Trouble River. Fabulous song. Um. And such a beat, such a driving beat, and they're all kind of quite rocky. Because that's that's the Bruce I really like, the Rocky Bruce. Um, I think you were asking people about their least favourite Springsteen albums, and I, when I look at my choice on that on that side of the ledger, my least favourite are the, are the ones that aren't the rocky stuff, because uh, that's that's what I love. I love the full band sound. And the rocky stuff. So I'm not so keen on, apart from the title track, The Ghost of Tom Joad, I'm not keen on it as an album. 
Um, because I, you know, I love the I love the full band sound. I loved Western Stars because it was so different. Um, right. Ghost Tom Joe didn't do it for me, and I think it's the musical content just doesn't excite me. And uh, um, this is going to sound like terrible heresy because I know a lot of my Bruce Springsteen fans in Ireland will hate me for saying this, but I don't enjoy the Seeger sessions so much. Now, it's I, just not my thing. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about that because uh, coming up this week is uh, Terry Smith and I's discussion of the latest official release, which was the Seeger Sessions in um, London. Mm-hmm. And um, and I said I did not like the Seeger Session album. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I heard it once. A couple songs were okay, but it just wasn't something that I go to very often. And no. when – and so I had no – the Seeker Sessions didn't come close to Dallas, and I didn't make an effort to go see it because I'm like, eh, I don't really like the album that much. And mm-hmm. and then later, my friend Sam, that I talk about a lot, said it was as close to religious experience as he ever had at a concert, <laughs> that it was just amazing. And then listening to seeing it in you know the, the DVD they released, um, I liked – a lot more. Um, did do you like it? The searing the shows more. Yes, uh, that's an interesting point because I have seen that show. Um, I think it was it was on a BBC um, as when it when it was recorded. I think it was shown on BBC and I watched it um, because you know watching watching a band and watching Bruce perform is always interesting but I've got a good test on the albums that work for me and when I think about the I've got all the albums I've got I've got Ghost of Tom Jode I've got the Seeger Sessions I've got them all but the the tests for me are which are the ones that I actually go to most often which are the ones that I listen to most often and there's three Born to Run The River and darkness are the three albums my go-to albums, and the uh, the Seeger Sessions doesn't get played, Ghost of Tom Joe doesn't get played. So as music, as music um, examples, I um they don't do it for me. But of course, if, if someone says there's there's a performance on BBC Two of Bruce and the Seeger Sessions or Bruce doing the whole Tom Joad album, I'll watch it. <laughs> Because that that's a different thing, <laughs> and I'll try to, I'll try and find what it is that I I don't like, or I'll find something that I do like when I see the performance. Um, I suppose it's the difference, isn't it? it? It's a bit like reading a Shakespeare play and seeing it performed. Yes, it's something you like, doesn't it? When you see how it was intended and how it was, especially the Seeger sessions, I think. It was intended to be performed. I don't think it's intended to be listened to because it's that kind of music. It's um, it, it's folky, isn't it? It's folk music. It's, yes. it's for the people. So I, I suppose that's... I'm thinking off the top of my head here, but that's the, the closest analogy I can think of that um, 
the difference between reading a play and seeing it performed. Yeah, and I I love the idea, right? That um, you know, it, if I have a if I have a because I'm greedy, you know, when I watch the Western Stars film, I went, you know, could you have not done three or four? normal E Street bands in this style with this band. It just would have been so cool to see because when the Seeger Sessions band, them taking Blinded by the Light or Long Time Coming or Open All Night and changed it to that style gave us a really special treat. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I love the way that um, he can rearrange existing stuff. And, and make it into something new. I think that's that is just part of his genius, really, because um, it makes it helps you hear the song in a different way. It refreshes everything, um, and it's just so creative, don't you think? To to take a song that's been so well heard one way and completely twist it around, change it around alter the arrangements so it, it, it has a different mood, a different feeling. Um, I think it's great. I th- that's one of the things I really, really admire Bruce for, that he can repurpose existing stuff and create something new and interesting out, out of that. It's great. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I, I definitely think that, and it's something really special. It's yeah. it's good when you can hear different versions of the of the same thing, you know, in in his career like that that early version of Thunder Road and what it grew into. Um, I, I just think it's it's a it's fascinating journey on on some of those songs, and I'm sure there must be stuff in the vaults. Oh, those vaults! Yes. <laughs> it's uh we're we're gonna get all of it eventually, aren't we? So I think so. I think so. I absolutely do think so. Um, Ruth, this was a blast. It, this is so much fun. I always love catching up with you. What do you got going on next? Well, I've got something very exciting coming up. And uh, people who are interested in writing and particularly writing memoir, family memoir. Um, they might be interested in this because this is a free event that that anyone can get involved with. It doesn't matter where you are in the world. So I said before that a lot of book events got cancelled for me in the lockdown, but many have been replaced with online events. And I have got a chance to talk to the Los Angeles branch of the Independent Writers of Southern California on the 12th of September. And it will be 10 a.m. to noon U.S. time when I'm going to be interviewed by Robin Quinn of the L.A. branch and I shall be answering her questions, taking questions and doing some readings from Where Are the Grown Ups? And this is a free event for anyone uh, to attend wherever you are. Obviously, you've got to look at the the time zone you're in compared to America. It's going to be evening for me, but. In the US, it will be 10 a.m. to noon. It's a free event. Anyone can attend. You just need to register and on the site. Where do we go? What's the, Do you have the link handy? I haven't got the link handy, but I will give you my Twitter handle because okay. I'm going to 
tweeting about it this coming week. And if you have um, anywhere you can put the registration link up on your site, Jesse, that will be brilliant. My Twitter handle is at Ruth Badley, B-A-D-L-E-Y, not Bradley, B-A-D-L-E-Y, at Ruth Badley PR. I'll be tweeting about um, the Independent Writers of Southern California event uh, this week. Uh, There's a registration link and you just go to that, register that you're coming and I'll hopefully be able to meet you and talk to you online on the 12th of September. So, Ruth, will you throw in some kind of Springsteen reference? Well, you know, I have to, I'm going to be really honest here. There is no mention of Bruce Springsteen in Where are the Grown Ups. He just didn't, I just couldn't squeeze him in. And, and I, I, by the way, you know, I, I have shared, I love the book, and I agree. Um, I'm just throwing, <laughs> I'm just curious if, like, just during your talk or something, you may find a way to th- work it in. Um, the people at my job always joke, like, it doesn't matter the topic. You figure out <laughs> some way to throw in a Springsteen reference. That You're probably better than I, though, because you're more professional. Well, I, I imagine that Robin Quinn, who's now, who's from the, the Independent Writers of Southern California, she's going to be interviewing me, and of course she's following me on Twitter. So she would have probably noticed my, some of my tweets in the last week are Springsteen uh, related. So she might even bring it up. Who knows? <laughs> okay, well, we'll look at it. All right, so listeners, um, this is coming up. Um, what's the date? 12th of September, so that's next Saturday. Yes. 10 a.m. noon, U.S. time. It may go over um, if we're having lots of fun. And um, I should be talking about how I went about writing Where Are the Grown Ups. Robin Quinn is going to be asking me lots of questions. So if you're interested in memoir, if you're interested in writing memoir, reading memoir, this is one for you. Um and if you're interested in the book beforehand, do go to Amazon.com and type in Where Are the Grown Ups? And you'll see all the reviews and lots more information. So if it interests you, um, I hope to see you there. Jesse's going to put a link on his site and I will tweet it to him shortly so he can share it. Absolutely wonderful. Yes. And I, I urge everyone um, this is just a sample of the wonderful storytelling that Ruth does. And, and if you have not read the book, I urge you to pick it up. It is a, a great story uh, about family struggles and, and all the three generations kind of weaving together. It is um, a, a wonderful story, and I, I just loved reading it. Thank you. Uh, so, Ruth, thank you for visiting with me. This was absolutely wonderful, as always. Um, if you could give your Twitter handle again, in case anyone wants to reach you. Yeah, it's at Ruth Badley PR, and it's badly spelled B-A-D-L-E-Y, at Ruth Badley PR. And I tweet about Bruce, I tweet about my writing, and some significant world events when the mood takes me um i'm also i haven't talked to you actually jesse about what i'm doing next um i have started writing a second book oh tell me and it's in fact inspired by the restrictions of the pandemic 
Um, I started writing it, writing it in lockdown because um, when I was a journalist, I I did a lot of writing about food, eating out, travel writing, and eating out and travel are two of the things that were really confiscated during the lockdown, and they're not terribly easy right now. So I wanted to look back at some of the travel, dining out and live music experiences that I've had in recent years. So this is another memoir, uh, but the, taking those theme, things as the theme, really, and I'm casting a nostalgic look back at pre-pandemic times when we could enjoy live music and be part of a crowd, go to a busy restaurant without fear, get on a plane without even thinking about um, the idea of disease. It, so all the things that we can't do right now in the easy way we have in the past. Um, so I thought it was a good time to look back at, at some of the memorable experiences I've had in, in, that, in those themes. Uh, so the second book definitely has got some Bruce Springsteen um, chapters in it um, about the river tour, and about the whole process of buying tickets when you know that the, they are available, but you might not be in a place in the world where it's that easy to secure them. Uh, and also uh, there's a chapter on my experience of Springsteen on Broadway. So the second book at the moment has the working title of Bite Size World, and I hope it will be out next year. I think that sounds amazing. I really, really look forward to reading that. Um, I, I, I would, yeah, that's a great premise, a great story, and I think we're all missing this. So to have the mm. chance to revisit and share is brilliant and a great job. So, well, I can come back maybe and talk about that. Oh, absolutely. I, I'm, I'm hoping, and we got a plan on it. We need you always. So, um, Ruth, please take care of yourself. Remain safe. Um, take you. care of you and your family. Listeners, you take care of yourself. Remember to social distancing. Remember to wash your hands often. As the man said, wear an effing mask. Take care of yourself, and we will talk to you soon. Doing a podcast at times can be a one-way conversation, and I hate that. So please let me know what you like and don't like about the work I'm doing. You can reach the podcast via email at setlustingbruce at gmail.com. The show is on Twitter at setlustingbruce, and my personal Twitter is at jessejacksondfw. We have a website, www.setlustingbruce.com. From there, you can find links to other Springsteen podcasts as well as other music-themed podcasts. We have a page devoted to our own SLB All-Star Band. These are guests who have been on the podcast more than three times. There is a link to our store where you can purchase Set Lessing Brew shirts, as well as a Mary Question t-shirt. There is a link to our Patreon page where you can sign up to help support the podcast financially. We have different levels and different rewards based on your support. If you don't have any extra cash, and right now, who does? You can support the podcast by subscribing via your favorite podcast player and leaving us a review. The more reviews we have, the easier it is for people to find us. And please tell a friend about the podcast, especially if they love Bruce or music, because it will make a difference. 
You just heard the fun talking, hard rocking, music loving, album ranking, fan thinking, joy spreading, lyric reading, story sharing podcast that is the one, the only, Set Listening Bruce. Set Listening Bruce is part of the Southgate Media Podcast Group. The theme for Set Listening Bruce was written by David Rosen, used by permission. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.